0: How can I be on the team that helps this child become an effective adult? How can I help give this child the tool sets, the emotional skills, and the grit to be able to be successful in however they define success? It doesn't matter how I define success. How can I, how can I give that child the things that they need to become in life an actual self-actualized person to become what they're supposed to be?
1: Hello, this is James Cox with the Martial Arts Lifestyle. We are episode number 76 today. I'm excited for this interview. I have a good friend, colleague. This is a lifetime martial artist, Mr. Derek. Is it Crowley? I'm a, such a good friend. I can say your last name so well. Uh, Crowley. Crowley. It's pretty easy. Derek Crowley. Yeah. And uh, from uh, North Carolina, South Carolina?
0: Yep, I'm from Asheville, North Carolina.
1: Asheville, North Carolina. I don't know why I still get the two confused, the north and the south there. But anyway, uh, I know you somewhat recently you got your third-degree black belt under the legend himself, Mr. Bill Wallace. But we're going to talk about a lot of things, and I know you're going to add some good uh, value to the listeners. Uh, It's martial arts and it's life, the way of martial arts, right? But if we could start off, Mr. Derek, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about this journey that you've had so far.
0: Okay, sure, sure. You know, I started doing martial arts when I was maybe I think maybe eight years old, give or take, uh, because I wanted to be Luke Skywalker and Chuck Norris. That was my, my main motivation. And so, you know, we went to the local karate school that was owned by a guy named Ronnie Barcoot in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, we did full contact kickboxing base, We full contact karate with Japanese kata and the kata. We had no idea what they meant. It was just some fly dance moves. We just get stuff and follow the time. My first fight whenever I was eight was a full contact fight because I didn't know that was insane. Uh, You know, and then from from there, I got I don't know, maybe blue bellish there. But then with my dad's job, we moved out to Sacramento, California, where I started training under a guy named Dave Kovar. And uh, uh, that was in Chinese Kimpo. And then he also tagged on Junri Taekwondo at some point. And I got my first black belt under Dave out there before we moved back to South Carolina. And and Dave Kovar was actually hugely influential on me, uh, in in terms of how to be an ethical person, how to be a good martial arts instructor, uh, how to have how to have empathy, how to uh, basically how to be a genuine good person was was something that Dave did for me, and I and I, I uh, I'm eternally grateful for that. Uh, but then we moved back to Aiken, South Carolina, and I started training in the Thai system. This was whenever I was, I think, a sophomore in high school. We moved back. And so there was a blend of, of, of Kenpo karate and, and Jiu Jitsu and some Kung foolery uh, designed by a guy named David German. And, and uh, so, you know, I was doing Kenpo under Dave and with some stuff on the side and uh, mostly Kenpo and Jiu Jitsu under in the David German system with some stuff on this side. And that was under a guy named Andy Watford and he'd have David German show up all the time. And so uh, from there, went to college at Clemson and I started training in whatever was available so I'd go and do some of the sparring clubs and the Hap Keto club and the whatever else they had going on. I would, I would jump into that and just train. I ended up going to a, a goju karate school, uh, under a name named Stuart Fowler. And just cause he was just nearby and started training under there for a while. And then, uh, after college, i also started in college when I started doing, uh, a lot more Tai Chi and, and Chinese internal martial arts and stuff like that. And so, uh, from from that, moved back to Aiken, South Carolina with the, the the stuff there. And I worked there for a couple of years, then moved to China. And in China I started taking private lessons uh, every day under a guy named Liu Chan Shan and working out in some uh, um some different kinds of Tai Chi and Qigong and and I learned an art called Yong Gong Tan Tuan, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's the a secret style of kung fu. I even have a secret kung fu manual because you gotta have one of those. I don't you know, mm, it's just worse right? it done. Um, uh, so, so then, you know, my, my, uh, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, Brooke, we, we were, we're in China and we're going, boy, we could live anywhere we want to in America. Where are we going to live? And so we kind of agree on Asheville. And, uh, so we moved to Asheville and in, uh, 2000 opened up shop. And since then we've been, you know, been open. We have two schools now. Uh, we joined premier in 2013, but over that time period, I started hanging out in the early 2000s with a guy named George Hsu. Uh, uh, I, I continued training with David German in the Thai system, in the Kenpo and Jiu-Jitsu until he died. In fact, he I found him dead. He was doing a show for me, a seminar for me, and I went to pick him up, take him to the airport, and and he was in the hotel room, uh, passed away. Uh, but uh, anyway, trained with him for that long, and then I trained with some stuff under a guy named Brian Adams for a little while. Um, we didn't sing nearly as much as I thought we would, it was mostly a yeah, scream yeah. of stuff and, and a, a scream of fighting, the stick fighting and stuff and, and uh, a scream of locking and so on. Uh, and then uh, uh, under under Shu Ming or or George Shu, uh, really deep dived into internal martial arts, uh, and which I really enjoy. And I, in fact, I would dare say George Shu's work is my favorite art that I do. but uh, uh, then several years ago, starting you know under Premier, getting into Maga and that kind of stuff and and uh, really enjoy that as well. and and, you know, that's kind of, it's kind of where we are. So that's, uh, oh, and at some point in time, I don't know what it was. I started training with Bill Wallace because I'd always wanted to, uh, but I didn't get around to it. I'd always do it tomorrow, but I finally decided to go do the stuff under him consciously and intentionally because I'd been training kind of off and on with Joe Lewis uh, through a good friend of mine, Kevin Hudson, wow. who's a uh, 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 fancy pants, Joe Lewis black belt. So every time, He's the next town over, so every time I would go down there, and every time, every time Joe would show up for a workshop or similar, I'd go down there and and take part. And they kept inviting me to go take the black belt test under Joe Lewis, and I'm like, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. Well, then he died. There was no next year. Uh, I suppose I could still do it under his system, which maybe I will, because they're a bunch—they're great people. But I couldn't do it under Joe anymore. I missed that window, so I'm like, by gosh, I'm not going to miss that under 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 Bill so i'm gonna make sure i get down there and and do the stuff uh in the bill wall system so i have been and i've been having a good time with that too i'm kind of of the opinion if i'm not training in at least two or three things if i'm not a white belt in something i'm wasting my life right now so i'm always always doing something that i'm training in something i'm starting something i'm enjoying in martial arts i just really enjoy the process of training in martial arts mm. so that's my recap of my life
1: man that's awesome derek you know I. Uh... I've known you for a while, um, and I didn't know all that. I mean, I knew you were heavy into the Chinese arts, but um, what a blessing! I mean, to be to be such a mutt, right? To to have such the collage and the variety of things, and you know, you moved, some by choice, some not. But you mean you've been in a lot of places and had a lot of different arts, quite quite different from one of the other art as well, right? And martial arts is a small world. I, I know several of those people that that you mentioned. Um, it's just just spread out, but that that's awesome. The best thing that I heard there was you. If you're not a white belt at something, you know, then you're not you're not living right. You're not living the journey of of the martial arts way, and that's that's amazing because there's so many people that will not accept that. I see it more today, like people, uh, you know, trying to start something like a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or something, and to start over as a white belt and to be humble enough and open minded mind enough to do that because you might be the man at your high rank and your certain style but then to be able to accept the the new ways that's 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 pretty amazing yeah you know you are
0: the man at that it's just why why not put yourself in a position to learn
1: and and grow as a
0: person i I think that's otherwise what are you doing with your life in general if you're not putting yourself out there to learn things and to grow as a person that's my opinion
1: no that's that's true i mean why Why not? I mean, as far as we know, this is the life you have and get the most out of it. And, you know, yeah, it's cool to be the the man and have that title or rank, I guess. But, man, if you're a martial artist and, you know, continue to learn and be a student as well, you know, as you're learning from other people and things. But martial arts is quite a funny thing, isn't it? Uh, uh again quite quite a variety what do you think overall you can maybe give me both sides what's the, what's the best parts of martial arts and well let's be honest what's the sides of it that's not so great i think the best part of martial art is that martial arts are things
0: that people can totally nerd out about you can do massive deep dives and goes really far into whatever genre of art you're interested in and and uh and uh with that, though, unfortunately, whenever somebody people become so passionate about things, uh, that passion is a wonderful thing, but it does also lead to a bit of egoism and closed-mindedness as well. You know, what I'm doing is the best way to do it is a lot of where people get, and I think that's a negative aspect of that. Uh, that I think is also kind of human nature. You know, you really get really good at something, and you're not really willing to listen to something else. And so I I think those are some of the good and bad things in martial arts. Uh, And we can deep dive and nerd out, but we can also can get our egos can get in the way of us, I think, sometimes. So I think it's a good life lesson to try to try to watch out for that in ourselves, you know, and and see if we can see if we can bypass that as much as possible.
1: Right. Yeah. To have some self-awareness a little bit to just really think about what's going on there, and to have a good balance with it. You know, you can take anything from one extreme to another, right? So, uh, yeah, besides being a martial artist, lifelong martial artist, and such a variety of travels and experiences and different systems and styles, I'm sure, man, there's so many takeaways there um, that, that that you have, but you're also an instructor, an entrepreneur, a school owner. To be an owner and operator in today's times can have its own challenges, but what what is the power of the teaching that you provide for others in the martial arts—we talk so much—it's in every advertisement about the benefits and the value of martial arts. But when you've been doing it as long as you have, you truly have many testimonials. So, you know, I, I guess what I'm asking—the power of teaching—what, what, what do you have from there?
0: Yeah, boy, how do you, how do you quantify a lifelong journey? That's an interesting question, right? Yeah, how would you put it in an ad blurb? How- Uh, basically you can't, but you can attempt to. And so, you know, we, we all, all martial arts schools advertise, you know, uh, build self-confidence and self-respect and self-discipline and focus. And that's all true, but I think those are really superficial words to describe deep seated um, personal growth. And so I, I really view our role as martial arts instructors, as we're part of the, that student's, Uh, educational pathway, you know, and if we're talking about teaching children, then we're talking about how can I be on the team that helps this child become an effective adult? How can I help give this child the tool sets, the emotional skills and the grit to be able to be successful in however they define success. doesn't matter how I define success. How can I, how can I give that child the things that they need to become in life an actual self-actualized person to become what they're supposed to be. Then if we're talking about an adult, you know, it was funny. Whenever I was, uh, whenever I was maybe 25 and I first opened up shop, I didn't really understand why a 40, 50 year old adult would want to come train under me. And what what do I have to offer a 40 year old A 25 was kind of my thought process. Now I would, right. I'd, I'd accept them as a student and take their money and do the best I could. But what I didn't understand then that I'd know now is you know, you 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 work a job and you and you do your life and you look up and twenty years have gone by and you haven't done anything for you. You know, now what? Right? And so uh, I I get that now. It's 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 important to have a thing that you do that you feel like you're growing in. And if you're just punching in and punching out of a job for your whole career like a lot of people do. And there's nothing wrong with that, because you have to, you know, people have to do what they have to do. But it's also when you get the opportunity to do something for you where you can start working on your personal growth and, and and doing a deeper dive into aspects of self. I think that's I think that's one of the most powerful things we can do as martial arts instructors and uh, you know, helping people find those things that make them. I like the phrase self-actualized, you know, find deeper layers of self. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
1: I like that, self-actualized, yep, yep, that becoming the best version of yourself and helping uh, pull it out from within, right, from the other people and, you know, because we've seen it, we've done it for uh, decades and decades now, you know, and and I've talked to so many people about martial arts and through this podcast, I've uh, been fortunate to interview so many top grandmasters and world champions and just people and, It's a common thing, man, about these these benefits and the value of the martial arts and what what it can do for people. Now, it can definitely – it could and it should be work. It's not easy. You know, we didn't say it was easy. We just said it would be worth it, right? And you're going to, you know, you're going to get out of what you put in it. Um, What about uh, in the business sense of running? You have three schools. Is that correct, Derek? I have two. Two, two. Two. Yeah. 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 Same as me. So we we, we know ourselves ourselves from – you know, uh, staff finding and training the right people and the challenges that we go through um, and, and the journey of choosing to do this for a living. Because to me, it's like, I could do it part-time where, you know, I work an eight to five job. I come in and teach from six to nine. And, but where's my energy and focus and how many people am I really able to help empower lives? Uh, you know, do I want 30 students or 300? And do I want 300 students because there's 300 more lives that we can impact versus 30, right? So I feel that we're on that same journey, uh, where it's, yeah. it's it's not about the money because we would still teach for free. <laughs> we would still, still be doing, doing it, but it sure is nice and we are blessed to have this opportunity where we don't really go to work and that's what makes it a career, right? But yep. what are the yep. challenges in the business and your thoughts on running, oh, let's just call it commercial martial arts schools? Yeah, you know, as as far as that
0: goes, Uh, There's always somebody willing to say mean things about something that somebody else is doing, you know, in terms of do you have a backyard school or a garage school or a, a small commercial school or a large commercial school? There's always somebody who's, who's looking at you from the outside and putting the filter of their perception on what you're doing. And it's always a negative one, right? You know, you're, you're a McDojo if you're successful. And of course not, of course not. I've, you know, in fact, I'm not really sure I believe in the concept of, concept of a McDojo because I, I've never met a martial artist that wasn't a martial artist and doing their best they could to try to be a good martial artist. And they had different views on how to accomplish that. But anyway, I digress a little. Uh, to, to me, the um, I think the, the the big challenges for me in terms of running a martial arts school was, as you just said. I'm not really a money motivated person. I, I I want enough money because I want to be able to you know live somewhere, eat stuff like that, pay the mortgage, pay the rent. Uh, yeah, basics. so I need enough money. You know, but but uh, you know that, that that's just not really how I define myself. I uh, I define myself as you just said, based on how many lives can I touch, and how many people can I help improve themselves via what we teach, and What's interesting for me, the big jump going from one school to two schools was when I had one school, I kind of did everything and I had people help me with that, but I did all the stuff. I wanted to be I wanted to be the person doing it and teaching because I love teaching. I love martial arts. I loved, I loved watching people grow in martial arts and stuff like that. But then whenever you open more schools up, I cannot physically be on the mat all the time anymore. Uh, I can't because there's a class happening in two different locations at the same time. How's that going to work? So... The hard part at first was learning to grow myself to the point that I didn't have to be the person on the mat anymore. And it's about having trust and faith and um, having the ability to look at somebody else and realize that, that person is capable. Trust. And that's a pretty important life lesson, right? How, how many things in our lives do we... You know, we, we get burned by people who abuse our trust, and then we, we close that door to trusting people that we should trust. And by mistrusting people we should trust, then, you know, then, then we mess things up for ourselves. I, I think that that can be an important life lesson as well. So getting people that you can trust and then coaching them, helping them, help them become what I was you know, the, the person who's empowering people through martial arts. And so my job hasn't, has not actually changed. It's just that right now I'm trying to help people grow and self-actualize and so on that are the people that are helping other people grow and self-actualize. And I think that's uh, actually really cool. Uh, Whenever I, whenever I finally kind of figured out and developed myself to the point that I could step off the mat, I I still teach classes. I just want to teach 50 a week myself. I teach, you know, I think five or six uh, and, and, and learn to help other people help other people. I think that became a very powerful thing for me. And uh, that's pretty neat. If you ask me, I'm pretty excited about that. Even still makes me happy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love that. Learn to help help people help other people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're very similar, man. And what we do there, you know, I've, I've seen you, I've trained with you. I've, I've known some of your, your staff and students and you're, you're doing great things. So I want to acknowledge that and I commend you for that because it's just the little things we do for our community that eventually in a way have an impact on the world. Right. So we just, we, we just keep kicking, maybe not as high as we used to, but we keep kicking. <laughs> not going to stop. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, I have some, uh, I guess we could call it kind of rapid fire, just some short questions, random, maybe ish, and you can give me, uh, uh, an answer and maybe even a reason why. So, uh, these, uh, uh, let's talk about what is the best style of martial arts and why
0: the one you fall in love with is the best one. Uh, I submit to you that there are no bad martial arts. There are bad martial artists, but different martial arts are they're for different things. You know, so if you're a person that really enjoys, for example, forms competition, well, they know when they're after doing jump back flips that it's more about the, the artistic presentation than are you gonna actually, you know, defend yourself against a pistol with the jumping backflip? flip, of course not. They know that, they're, they're pursuing a different aspect versus somebody who's doing one of the many genres of, of, of fight sport uh, that all have different rule sets and therefore different functionality versus things that maybe are a bit different in terms of like some of the, some more self-defense oriented style, different, different functionality. And there, there's crossover in all of them, but I think the best martial art is what's the one that you like? Where you start doing, it makes you giddy whenever you decide you wanna start training in that. That's the one for you. And uh, I, I think I think there's strong benefits and amazing aspects to all of it. So uh, as far as the best martial art, I, I cannot I can't say this one or that one because I don't know what are we talking about here? But it's it's on an individual basis, what what makes you feel good? So that's my two cents on that.
1: No, I agree. That's Yeah, that's a good answer. I mean, it's like food. You start with the end in mind and what is your goal? How are you going to get there? They all have a purpose, right? Um, and yeah, you, you're, you're just personal preference there. So, uh, all right. What about the age to start martial arts? Because we get it. It's you're too young, you're too old. What's the best age to join a martial arts school?
0: Whatever age you are.
1: <laughs> you know, as far as...
0: I've I, you can have kids begin doing stuff at three and four-year-old. In my opinion, that's more about teaching people how to run a, do a class and, and so on and so forth, really. So as far as learning actual martial art, I would dare say five uh, on average. But at the same time, you know, I've had kids show up at four that they they were ready to go on there and start learning how to get their guard up and so on. Uh, uh, as far as too old, doesn't exist. You know, if, uh, if, if you're of an age that, that you want to go in and start training, do it, do it. And, and like I said, it's more about, you know, if you're 40, 50, 60, 70, going in and, and learning something, learning, you know, growing yourself in different ways. Uh, you know, may, maybe you do have some more physical limitations than you had when you were 18. Who doesn't, man? I'm a walking ball of, of injuries from all the stuff I've done, mostly football in high school, to be honest. But, but at the same time, you can, you can do workarounds. Just, you know, just start learning what your body can and can't do. And every martial art and every good martial art instructor will help you find workarounds for what your body will won't do. Trust me, we know all about how to function with injuries and <laughs> not make them worse, all of us do. We've all done some dumb things when we were younger and are paying for it now physically. So we know how to, how to not do a thing that's gonna break you, but a way around it to make, so you still do the movement and do whatever you're trying to learn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think now is the time. Man, if if worldwide we had the thinking of adults change to it's not too late, just imagine how full our martial arts schools would be with adults, right? Because so much of it is that, you know, they'll bring their kids to do karate, but they feel they're too old to do it, Right. And uh, yeah, maybe you have to modify some things with age, but your health is your life. And it's just a, a good practical way to be healthier, happier. And, you know, how about learning some self-defense, having some peace of mind and that stuff? But yeah, I, I agree there. Um, all right. What's your favorite uh, martial arts technique? Or let, let, let's phrase it like this. If you could only learn one technique, you've probably been approached by this with people, you know, show me one martial arts technique. What would be the best one? You know,
0: if we're talking, uh, it depends what we're talking about. Uh, although my, my favorite thing to do is probably a sidekick, uh, just because I, you can, I can funnel pretty much anything off of that. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, let's go with that thing is I, I, that may, might be my favorite thing to do in certain formats, but ultimately once again, what what's your go-to that that's something that joe lewis used to talk about was whenever the whenever the chips are down what is the one technique that you know you can do that nobody can stop what is it for you is it a cross is it a round kick back leg round kick is it a you know what is it is it your hook punch your side kick your whatever but what is what is the move you can do that you know they can't stop and i think i think for everybody that's got to be your thing you do uh uh, for me, maybe a sidekick, but I think uh, I think for other people, I, I think a sidekick is a kick that some people can do and some people cannot I don't know what what is it for you what what's what's your go to?
1: Yeah, that's also could be uh, answered in a lot of ways i I would kind of start with just your stance. I mean, you know, uh, if you want to call that a technique and then very similar, you know, a jab, a left hook, yeah, but I, I think it would always be basic. It's not going to be a seven twenty or tornado kick. It's always going to be something basic that's most important
0: as all of my all of my trainers have said over the course of my entire life, if you can't jab, you can't fight. It's that simple mm-hmm. if you can't stop a jab, you can't fight, so that's yeah that may be the most fundamental best thing to learn, i guess
1: yeah, 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 I agree A lead sidekick is a good one too, man. uh all right, so let's talk about uh fighters, who's your favorite all time fighter and why?
0: My favorite all-time fighter. Gosh, that's a tough one. There's a lot of them. Um, favorite all-time fighter. Well, of course, I like Bill Wallace, but I'm not sure that counts because he's a friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was pretty good.
1: Uh, Undefeated, man. He was a legend, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him. I liked uh, I, I liked Ken Shanrock in the early days of of, of, uh, of USC and stuff. That was pretty cool. I liked Muhammad Ali an awful lot. I uh, I liked how just how smooth he was, and how he's moving around and popping stuff out. I liked Sugar Ray Leonard an awful lot uh, for the same reason. Um, And and actually, uh, one of my favorite fighters to watch was Razor Ruddock. Most remember Mm -hmm. him from back in the day. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. But he'd
0: do an offline forty-five, and uh, just destroy people with it. I mean, you 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 see these fighters that are a little bit forgotten because they lost to Mike Tyson, but if Mike Tyson's the only guy that beats you, you're pretty good, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you still won. <laughs> yeah, hmm. true. Yeah, it is hard to narrow it down to one. I guess it kind of depends, but yeah, those those are good choices and reasons. What about a martial arts movie? Um, best martial arts movie and why? I got to say my favorite
0: Mars Horse movie is probably Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It uh, uh, has a very Chinese ending where everybody dies. And in China, they like that kind of ending because they want the whole story, right? Uh, but uh, when I lived in China, uh, Chow Yun-Fa was, or Chow Yun-Fat was my favorite actor in China. And he, there, especially there was a Western that he made that I thought was really fun. So whenever he came over to America and I, I think he, was he in one of the Rush Hour movies maybe? I forget. But he I did a few so. in America, yeah, yeah uh, that, I, that I quite liked. So, but Crouching Tiger and Dragon, I think, maybe my favorite Kung Fu movie. Um, uh, although the most influential ones were some of the uh, um, late 70s, early 80s Chuck Norris movies. Uh, probably Lone Wolf McQuaid was uh, maybe the most influential martial arts movie for me. Yeah. Although. I kind of like Breaker Breaker too, even though that was a pretty horrible movie. But uh, there was the scene where he does the grabs the guy's arm and does the hook kick over his arm and around kicks him in the face. And, you know, little little, little kid me thought that was the coolest thing since sliced bread. So uh, probably those.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I have uh, Enter the Dragon, um, Best of the Best, One. Oh, oh, Billy Jack. You can't forget Billy Jack. Yeah.
0: You know, <laughs> I've been, I, I, uh, Enter the Dragon holds up for me. And best of the best, uh, I I like that movie as well. Uh, in fact, our mutual friend Ricky has that poster in his office on on all the Zoom calls as as, as his background. But, but uh, uh, I got to admit, Billy Jack, as I watched it again, the storyline didn't hold up for me very well. Right, right, right. But, yeah, but the spinning, was... pressing kick scene—that still held up, right? Where he does the, <laughs> yeah I'm gonna kick you on this side of your head. Anyway, that's
1: yeah, classic, man, classic. All right, what about a uh, martial arts book? Martial well, obviously the ones I wrote. Oh, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um what's my favorite martial arts book? Uh for a while I was really interested in the in the the stuff by Yang Wing Ming, uh, where he talked about his, his thoughts on internal martial arts and so on. They went in Kung Fu. They went to a certain level and layer, uh but I thought we were a really good start into the that level of information. Uh and uh but I'll be honest, I've got a I've got tons and tons and tons of martial arts books. Uh, so just you know, back in back at the time, that's all you could get as far as there was no YouTube mm-hmm. back then, right? So you're gonna get a, a Panther video if y'all could afford one. And uh and whatever martial arts book they had over at Barnes and Noble or or wherever I could get, I guess what was it, uh what was that bookstore they had in the mall? Um anyway, I also remember I, I like Bruce Lee's book quite a bit at the time, whenever whenever I first got a hold of it uh so i don't know i i like books a lot though i i own a lot of books i read a lot of books so as far as uh as far as my favorite martial arts book i can't say i've got one but i can say i like martial arts books
1: yeah yeah right right yeah i I had a ton of magazines in the days when you know we those were a thing that we could buy so i had to just read articles on martial arts instead of the entire books but i like the the book of five rings uh, art of war if you would consider it a book and of course all of bruce lee's stuff was was great yeah um all right uh well what about what's what's your goals man what do you have going on next anything else you want to kind of share with with um with the audience here so you're not you're not hanging your belts up tomorrow you're you still got a future martial arts as long as your heart is beating is what it sounds like so what are your future future goals with with this stuff we do derek
0: well, with, um, with my martial arts training, I'll continue to train in whatever interests me. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm doing some pretty strong deep dives into layers of Krav Maga, uh, which is a lot of fun, uh, and I continue to do um, a lot of work into, uh, into Chinese internal martial arts, uh, exploring internal power and stuff like that, uh, so those things are never going away. Um, uh, then... Right now, I'm I'm also doing the superfoot stuff still, and I'm enjoying that. And uh, I'm actually looking at training in a couple of different things for fun. I, I've done a lot of a lot of eskrima and kali kind of stuff, and I've got a couple of other uh, other options to maybe pursue some different avenues in that that, that interest me. Uh, and uh, I've got a couple of interests in uh, a couple of jujitsu teachers that have some stuff that kind of sparks my interest. Yeah, you know, that is a bit of a problem. You know, having done this for 40 years, is that, is that when whenever I was younger, I could just look at anything and it would be brand new and interesting to me. Uh, but now I've I've got to be a bit more finicky about what, what piques my interest or what's, you know, something I already know. And yeah. but there's plenty of stuff. You know, there's there's at least 5,000 years of, of thousands of people all over the world studying stuff. So there's still things to learn, and that excites me. Uh, as far as businesses go. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I don't open a business to open a business. I open a business for a person that I believe in. And so uh, I'm, I'm going to open more schools. Uh, whenever the people that I believe in are are ready to, to do it, we'll open a school for them to help them be in a position to be successful. You know, like my, my youngest daughter has an interest in that kind of thing and I'll help her with anything she needs. So, uh, but again, to me, once as always, it's about it's about people and relationships and helping people achieve things they want much more than just me getting rich, because who cares about that? That's not important to me, you know, I, I can eat, I have a car, I'm fine. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, yeah. basically, I plan to keep on training forever until I die. And that's pretty much that.
1: That's good, man. Those are some good um, examples of uh, martial arts as a way of life, you know, not just uh, a checklist or bucket list or a hobby or whatever, that it is truly a, a way of life. And you know, I'm going on 40 years of it myself and uh, have nothing but plans to just continue to learn and grow and help others. So that's what we have to do to slowly make it a better place. But man, I really appreciate the, the time and thanks for coming on. and know it was short notice and you're headed to the beach And, um, I hear you love the beach. So, (laughs) you know, I I love hanging out with my family and if the beach is where they want to do it, well, I guess that's where we're going to be. That that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, if people are in the area, uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina, we just look up premier martial arts and Mr. Derek Crowley and go have a good time. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I appreciate it, sir. We'll see you soon around the, the world and, uh, talk and hang out from there. And all of those good things. And guys, I appreciate you tuning into the episode. Be sure to check out all the previous episodes. There's some great content as well as our YouTube channel at James Cox Martial Arts. Thanks.